RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Scenes of desperation in Kabul as residents try to flee the incoming Taliban government. The government tightens quarantine arrangements for people arriving in Hong Kong from 16 countries. And the Justice Secretary echoes comments by People's Daily that legal bodies in the SAR should stay out of politics. Several people have died at Kabul International Airport amid scenes of panic as hundreds try to flee Afghanistan following the takeover by the Taliban. Afghans have been seen clinging to and apparently falling from planes taking off from the runway. Here's the BBC's Lise Doucette. In recent months, there's been much speculation, analysis about what would happen after the last of U.S. forces leave. But I think this is beyond anything, even the worst case scenarios that many had speculated about and many had feared, deeply feared. The scenes from Kabul International Airport are frightening and heartbreaking. Thousands of people desperately trying to find a way out, any way out. An uneasy calm has prevailed in Kabul with most businesses and offices shut one day after Taliban fighters entered the capital. Armed insurgents on pick up, in pickups flying the Taliban flag have patrolled the streets, though it's still not clear who's in charge of the city or the country. A local resident who asked not to be named described the situation. Everyone is traumatized. It's a, a dead city. No one is even walking around the city. Uh, uh, they are trying to announce that they take the security and everything, but people are afraid and things are bad. Reports suggest the insurgents have searched the houses of some journalists. A Taliban spokesman told the BBC earlier that journalists can continue their work as long as they're neutral. The militants are reported to have entered the Tolo TV news headquarters. The Uzbek Defence Ministry says its air defence forces have shot down an Afghan military jet after it crossed their border. It didn't say how many people were on board or whether there were any survivors. Back locally, the government has announced tighter quarantine arrangements for people arriving in Hong Kong from 16 countries, including the United States, citing the threat from the more infectious Delta coronavirus variant. Here's Timmy Sung. Fifteen countries will be upgraded from medium risk to high risk. That means travellers have to be vaccinated and undergo quarantine for 21 days when they arrive here. These countries are Bangladesh, Cambodia, France, Greece, Iran, Malaysia, the Netherlands, Spain, Sri Lanka, Switzerland, Tanzania, Thailand, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates and the US. They join countries such as India, the Philippines, the United Kingdom and Brazil on the Group A high-risk list. Australia, meanwhile, will be moved from low risk to medium risk. People coming from countries on the Group B medium risk list can spend as few as seven days in quarantine if they are fully vaccinated and their antibody test is positive. Other arrivals will be quarantined for 14 or 21 days. The new arrangements will take effect from Friday, August 20th. A government spokesman said there's a need to upgrade the risk grouping of the 16 countries in order to uphold the local barrier against the importation of COVID-19. He said the global COVID situation is under serious threat from the Delta variant, and despite large-scale vaccination programs, many places are experiencing resurgence of the virus, which poses enormous challenges to Hong Kong's anti-epidemic efforts. The government's quarantine policies have come under scrutiny after a foreign domestic helper who recently returned from the U.S. tested positive for the virus after spending seven days in quarantine.
Meanwhile, the Centre for Health Protection has reported three new imported COVID-19 cases involving people who flew in from Switzerland, Japan and Malaysia. One of them was fully vaccinated in May. A residential block in Tung Chung is under overnight lockdown tonight after a resident tested preliminary positive for COVID-19 and carried a mutant strain. The case involves an unvaccinated 47-year-old woman who works as an airline, airline lounge staff member at the airport. Health officials said she has no travel history. They said everyone living at May Yat House in Yat Tung Estate will be required to stay home until all residents are tested. The woman's workplace and places she visited during the incubation and infectious period are also covered by a compulsory testing notice. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Justice Secretary Theresa Cheng has echoed comments by the People's Daily that, that legal bodies in Hong Kong should not get involved with politics. Francis Sit reports. Over the weekend, the newspaper warned the law society not to play with politics ahead of an election this month for five seats on the body's council. The organization should prove that it is different from the Bar Association or risk the same fate as the now-defunct Professional Teachers Union, the newspaper said. Writing on her blog, Ms. Cheng expressed full agreement with the paper's views. Recently, I'm aware of views that legal bodies are neither political parties nor political organizations and should therefore strive to maintain their professionalism rather than politicization. I fully agree, she wrote. The minister said legal professionals should continue to discharge their functions as lawyers in a professional and objective manner and contribute to the rule of law in Hong Kong and the nation. The Justice Secretary also expressed her confidence that common law will continue to apply in Hong Kong, so long as the city fully implements one country, two systems and stays true to the original aspiration of the basic law. The Consumer Council has urged people relocating overseas to watch out for moving companies' surcharges as it records a surge in complaints this year. Here's Francis Sit again. The watchdog said it received 20 complaints about overseas moving services from January to July, compared to just one during the same period last year. A total of 11 complaints were received in 2019. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, said eight of the latest complaints are related to overcharging or hidden charges, while six complainants said the belongings either arrived late or were lost. She said one complainant who sent her belongings to New Zealand paid an $18,000 surcharge. Last year, people cannot move to the overseas, so once the pandemic got slightly more settled, people start moving out for many reasons. Because of the COVID, the shipment schedule is not as predictable as before. That also brought us cases about very late delivery. The council's secret shopper survey on 15 moving companies found that they might charge extra fees for warehouse storage due to port congestion and elevated fees for the delivery. Ms. Wong urged consumers to pay attention to details like the shipping schedule, estimated delivery time, possible additional storage fees and the reputation of movers, instead of just looking at the quotations they were provided, and keep all the records of the shipments, including invoices and receipts. Ledge co-president Andrew Leung says it's going to cost almost $1.2 billion to expand the Legislative Council complex. The work will make space for an additional 20 lawmakers under the SAR's electoral system overhaul. Violet Wong reports. Andrew Leung says the project is expected to commence in the middle of next year and should be complete by mid-2025. 
four stories will be added to the existing building and a 10-story high structure will be built in the garden. Facilities like the cafeteria and education activities room will also be expanded. Mr Long says meetings will still be held in the existing complex in the meantime, but half of the future 90 lawmakers will temporarily work in a building next to the complex. As a transitional arrangement, the government has rented three floors of Civic Tower for the use of LegCo Secretariat, 45 lawmakers as well as their staff members. According to the agreement between LegCo and the government, the government will arrange for the office space that the legislature uses. LegCo has rented places outside the complex before, and the rent was fixed by the authorities and the landlord, based on the commercial principle. Mr Long says LegCo will pay the authorities a nominal rent of $1. The Consumer Council says tests of dried fruit on sale in Hong Kong have found that more than 40% contained at least three types of pesticides which could pose health risks. Francis Sit reports. The Consumer Council said pesticide residues were found in two-thirds of the 31 dried fruit samples it tested, including three that were said to be organic. The amount of pesticide detected in the samples did not exceed levels permitted in Hong Kong. But the watchdog spokesperson, Nora Tam, warns that these substances may still cause health risks. At the moment, the pesticide residual level is lower than the standard. Therefore, it should not cause any significant or important health risk problem. But unfortunately, a lot of this fruit will contain more than one type of pesticide. Some samples even have 10 or 10 more types. At the moment, nobody knows what is the additive effect or what we call the synergistic effect. Ms. Tam is urging manufacturers to buy fruit from farmers that adopt good agricultural practices, such as those using physical methods to control pests. The watchdog said it also found that all of the dried fruit products it tested were high in sugar, with the average content in raisins being the highest. It also warns that some of the labels on the products are not accurate. For example, the sugar content of one raisin product exceeded the stated level by around 19 times. Ms. Tam says people shouldn't treat dry fruit as a substitute for fresh fruit. When you compare with other less healthy snacks like chocolate, candy, dry fruit is better in the sense. But if you compare with the fresh fruit, of course, dry fruit has a limitation. We still insist better to eat fresh fruit if possible. Other tips from the watchdog include choosing dry fruit in small packages to avoid excessive intake, as well as not going for those fruits that are overly colourful. Overseas now, and officials in northwestern Nigeria say gunmen have attacked an agricultural college, killing and abducting people. The deputy head of the college in Zamfara State said four security guards were shot dead by the attackers who came in on motorbikes. Nineteen people were abducted. The BBC's Isaac Shalid Khalid has the details. Officials say the gunmen in large numbers on motorbikes stormed the College of Agriculture and Animal Science in the northwestern town of Bakura on Sunday night, opening fire and carrying out abductions and killings. This is the latest attack by armed criminal gangs targeting students in the region as kidnappings for ransom continue to worsen across Nigeria. Since last December, more than 1,000 students have been seized from schools and universities in similar attacks. The latest incident in Zamfara State has once again highlighted Nigeria's growing insecurity with various armed groups unleashing violence. 
The Malaysian Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin has resigned after losing the support of a majority of members of parliament. His cabinet resigned with him. Mr Muhyiddin has been under strong pressure to step down after his coalition partners withdrew support in a row over bringing corruption cases charges against some politicians. His government has also been criticised for failing to control the outbreak of the Delta variant of coronavirus. Sport, and we start in the English Premier League and a satisfying season-opening win for Tottenham. Son up against Aki onto his left foot, goes for goal, he's found a corner and scored to give Tottenham the lead. An explosion of noise inside the stadium. Son Heung-min got the goal in the absence of Harry Kane as Spurs handed the champions Manchester City a 1-0 defeat to start the season. More from the BBC's John Murray. Harry Kane may have been absent against the club that want to sign him, but the rest of his current teammates stepped up to win their first Premier League match under new coach Nuno. Spurs had to withstand a whirlwind start by City, with Jack Grealish making his full debut for the champions, but they did, then improved as the match went on, and ten minutes into the second half, Son Heung-min shot in what would prove to be the only goal of the match. Not even the late arrival of substitute Kevin De Bruyne could save the champions from an opening defeat, and by the end we had the extraordinary sound of the Spurs fans singing are you watching Harry Kane? There was a thrilling contest at St James Park where West Ham twice came from a goal down to beat Newcastle 4-2. Three goals in 13 second half minutes turned the game around for West Ham. Here's their manager, David Moyes. Day one last season we lost to Newcastle, so all it is is the first game. But, you know, I want us to try and get in. I want us to, to show how we can play. I thought we played, we played well today. I think we showed that we can score. We'll need to do a better job defensively a little bit than what we, we showed. And it was a disappointing start for Newcastle, who'd taken the lead inside the opening five minutes through a goal from Callum Wilson. Everyone's frustrated. First game of the season, you always want to get off to a good start, especially when we went in front as well. That's the most disappointing thing, you know, to then concede three goals. But we're going to have to address it sooner rather than later and um, get back on the training field and, you know, get working on um, defending as a team, really, and making sure that we stop conceding as many goals. In tennis, Daniel Medvedev has won the ATP Toronto Masters after beating O'Reilly Opelka 6-4, 6-3. The world number two needed just 87 minutes to seal the match and become the first Russian champion at the event since Marat Safin in 2000. Medvedev will be the top seed at next week's Cincinnati Masters, the final tune-up for the US Open, which starts on August the 30th. In the women's draw, the world number 71, Camila Giorgi, won the biggest title of her career, beating the fourth seed Karolina Pliskova 6-3-7-5 in the final. That win will see Georgie move into the top 35 in the world for the first time in more than two years. And the 20-time Grand Slam champion Roger Federer says he'll be out for many months as he requires more knee surgery. Federer, who turned 40 a week ago, has only played 13 matches in 2021 after missing over a year due to operations on both of his knees. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, scenes of desperation in Kabul as residents try to flee the Taliban and the government tightens quarantine arrangements for people arriving in Hong Kong from 16 countries. The news from RTHK. Forever, my darling, our love will be true. Always and forever, I'll love only you. Just promise me, darling, 
your love in return. Hey, this fire in my soul, dear, forever burn. My heart's at your command, dear, to keep love and to hold. Making you happy is my desire, dear. Keeping you. For the rest of my days, I'll never part from you or your loving ways. Just promise me, darling, your loving return. May this fire in my soul. Just about the last album I bought from Elvis, actually, and it was shortly before he died in 1977. The album was Moody Blue. Pledging my love into our second hour on this Monday. Peter King with you through to 1 a.m. One night I was late, came home from a date, slipped out of my shoes at the door. Then from the front room, in and here's what I saw there in the night was a wonderful scene mom was dancing with dad to my record machine and while they danced only one thing was wrong they were trying to One, two, and then rock One, two, and then roll They did the rock and roll walls Rock, two, three, roll, two, three It looks so cute to me I love the rock and roll walls One, two
Sim 